You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back to the Faith Roots Podcast. I'm talking about the children's ministry of Jesus and to um, make it very clear, we are showing you the seven different times that Jesus ministered to children in just one gospel, and that would be the gospel of Matthew. I have often called it the children's gospel because it has so many references to children. Matthew 10, verse 40, 41, 42. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Now, this receiving is an acknowledgement of the mission of the messenger and looks through him to the original sender. In other words, Jesus said, if you receive me, you didn't just receive me, but you received also the Father because he's the one who sent me in the first place. So, in effect, you received us both. So receiving then is very, very important, and it's more than a verbal acceptance, although that's part of it. But receiving is uh, uh, showing honor and attention and respect that is due. And uh, here we see it in the book of Second Kings, and we're seeing a prophet being received. Uh, first of all, we're actually seeing a righteous man being received, and then a prophet. So I want to read to you from Second Kings um, chapter 4, verse 1. Um, and... Uh, Golly, I have um, verse 8. Okay, here we go. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. And so it was, as often as he passed by, that he would turn in there to eat some food. Now she did this in the beginning because he was a righteous man. She knew that. This was a law commanded to the people of Israel to show hospitality to their fellow people. Israelites. Uh, We're talking about a much more close-knit community here than just what we would see today in big, huge nations, big, huge cities. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. So now after being around him somewhat, she knows he is more than a righteous man, that he is a prophet. So she ups her ante just a little bit, and this is what she says. Let's make a small upper room on the wall, and let's put a bed for him there, and a table and a chair and a lampstand, and so it will be that whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there, and he turned into the upper room, and he lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. In other words, he was asking, Would you like to live in the palace? Would you like to have a place uh, of honor? And she said, No, I, I don't want that. I want to live here. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, and he says, actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. Now, the woman didn't say this. This was an observation that was made by the prophet's servant. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, 
about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, oh, no, my Lord. Man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. In other words, don't get my hopes up. This is something we've wanted for the longest time. You can hear it on her voice. And uh, don't dare put this in front of me now unless it's going to really happen. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. Now, this is a fascinating story. Because her hospitality is what triggered this prophet's blessing. She didn't just believe in this prophet, she received him. In other words, she put her money where her mouth was. They built him a little room, they made it comfortable for him, and she received a reward in turn for what she had done. Her hospitality was triggered by a prophet's reward. So let me read this to you now from Matthew 10, 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Well, we just read about that. The woman did. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So that is... A, a an example of the two. First, it was a righteous man. She thought she was entertaining, and then she saw this is a prophet. So in the name of a prophet means that because he is a prophet, he who receives a prophet because he's a prophet. That's what Jesus is saying here. In the Shunammite's case, she and her husband received a son through the word of the prophet, but the prophet and the righteous man both have the ability to pay back. Now, the righteous man can't always do a miracle-working gift of the Spirit, as we saw with the prophet Elisha. But they do have an ability to pay back. But then Jesus goes into something totally different, and you might get the idea that now we're going to go down some. And here's what he said. Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Now, a lot of people think that kids are not worth investing in because kids can't pay you back. And there are a lot of people that think that way. A lot of people don't want anything to do with kids' ministry. I remember one time I was a part of planting a church, and in very short order, we came to about 200 people, and half of them were children. And I was sharing this testimony, how fast our church had grown, that we now had about 200 people, and we are less than a year old. And the man that I was talking to asked this question, how many of them's kids? Well, you know, that says to me he didn't see a whole lot of value in the children. And I got to tell you, that's a that's a terrible way of thinking. It's an absolutely terrible way uh, for people to think, and especially a minister. And that's what this man was. He was a minister, but he said, "How many of them's kids?" Uh, listen to me. It doesn't matter. Uh, God sees those kids, and when they can't pay you back, uh, He takes it up on their account. And the idea that this guy seems to be communicating is that unless these people have the money to pay you back, they don't count. They do count. Now, 1995, God put it into my heart to go after the teenagers of our church and all of their friends in the circle around them. I went after these kids with a vengeance, and I saw something. I saw that I could not do some other ministry things and do the kids at the same time. 
I had a TV show that was on in eight different cities. I canceled it because I needed the money to go after the teenagers. So I put away my own TV ministry. My adult TV ministry died in 1995, and I poured all of that money into reaching teenagers. I gave up speaking. I quit attending conferences, and I quit taking invitations to go speak where I would get thousands of dollars to speak and to go. I turned all of that down so that I could be with those teenagers at 7 o'clock in the morning before school in 7th grade uh, Bible lesson. Uh, purely voluntary, and half these little kids is barely awake anyway. But I went to these FCA meetings and all of these different Bible clubs. I went to football practices. I was around kids all the time. And so in November of 95, after about two months of going after those kids, and we redid our youth room in a rented facility. We made it as nice as we could, and we renamed it 180. And we started this 180 ministry. I got a call from the largest real estate company in the Southwest, and they said, Mr. George, we own property just to the north of your church. We have a lot there we would like to sell you, and we want it off our books by the end of the year. And I had just launched, just launched a new $9 million stewardship campaign to go after the money for a new auditorium. And I told them, I said, guys, I would love to have that property. I look at that property every day. I, I get to see it when I drive to our church. And I got to tell you, as much as I'd love to have it, I can't afford it right now. I'm raising money for an auditorium. I've got to have even worse. And they said, Mr. George, we're afraid you don't understand. We want this property off our books by the end of the year. When they said that, I thought, oh, oh, they're going to unload this. So I began to pray. It was 35 acres, and I began to pray, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and says, $70,000. I thought, this is ridiculous. This land is on a federal interstate highway, $70,000. And I called them back and said, I'll give you $70,000. I know that's insulting, but that's all I can do. They said, we'll take it. And so we gave them the $70,000. We bought that 35 acres. You know what it is today? It's where we built our uh, $10 million 180 building. And that building has been a blessing to us. I got the land in Tulsa, Oklahoma for $2,000 an acre. You know what it was? It was God saying to me, Willie George, I see you going after those teenagers. And you've done this unselfishly, and you didn't think about money when you went after them. So I'm going to see to it that the money you need for going after them is going to be given to you through great deals. And that's exactly what God did. God gave us the property for a song. And I have learned over the years that when you say yes to the Lord and you do anything with missions or with kids— where you are doing it unselfishly, you get ready. You watch God put money into your hands because he believes in paying back those who cannot pay you back themselves. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, 
You can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.